Thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by Baylife Church Port Stevens. We hope you find this message challenges and inspires you in your daily Christian walk. For more information, visit www.baylifechurch.org.au. I get into it. Who here has felt the cold already in winter? I this morning I got up early because Sophie had to come to music practice and I put on a, a jumper and tracky dacks and was critiquing my notes and I, I made a PowerPoint and I'm like, all right, I'm going to be late for church. I need to get ready. So I ran to the bedroom, grabbed a towel. I didn't look which towel it was. I just grabbed one, ran downstairs, took my clothes off as quick as possible, jumped in the shower, nice, nice and hot, loving it. Got out of the shower. It's freezing cold. Thought, oh, I'll just grab the towel, I'll be fine. Grab the towel, and it was wet. I grabbed the wet towel in the bedroom. Now, I really felt the cold through that this morning, and I hope, I hope that winter is kinder, kinder to you guys this winter and that uh, it's not too cold. Sophie felt the cold already, too. She spent a heap of money yesterday buying a nice big jacket to fight it back. So, yeah, make sure you buy some nice warm clothes. Uh, this morning, it is a word that um, I guess it sort of has been on my spirit Sort of for a while, I did, I did an assignment at Bible college last year on grace, and um, this morning I'm talking about grace again, but a bit different to Bible college, what I spoke that, that night. Um, but this is all about a journey that God's taken me on at the moment, so this morning you're going to have to listen to me speak to myself, and hopefully through the process of that, God will speak to you too. Um, he's really been challenging me on grace, and the whole idea of what grace is, and what that word means to me. And the fact that I don't, haven't been living in that grace. And I'm hoping that this morning as, as we look in, into some scripture here that, um, that he'll reveal a new light to you about the grace that he has for you and, um, and what that grace can do in your life. I did a PowerPoint, so you can chuck it up there, Luke. There's not much to it. As I said, I did it this morning. So there isn't any moving bits or flashing bits or anything. It's just words on a screen. But if it makes it easier for you, then it's done its job. Yeah, I want to talk about grace, and grace that is uh, a grace that's going to save us, a grace that can transform us, and a grace that is going to empower us. And I know that in my life, over the last couple of years, I don't think I've really walked in the grace that God has given me as much as I should have. And this morning, I'm sort of hoping that I can, can encourage you guys to walk in, in what God's grace is. Because when we, don't, when we don't understand what God's grace is and when we don't understand what he's done for us, we can sometimes get a warped and twisted view of what we should be doing as Christians and how we should be living our Christian life. And, and God's been, been challenging me on the way that I've lived my life in, in respect to uh, doing ministry and doing serving and doing a lot of things. And he's just been sort of altering my perspectives and altering my understanding, particularly on the idea of grace. Um, the scripture that I'm going to speak from this morning is out of Ephesians. It's Ephesians 2, 1 to 10, which is up there on the screen. And we'll read through it in a minute, but you can have a chance to go through your Bibles to find it if you like. Just to give it a bit of context for this scripture, Paul wrote the book of Ephesians to the, to the church in Ephesus, and, and the book sort of wasn't directly about any issues that they were facing. It was more about just encouraging them and helping them in the fundamentals of faith. And most of the stuff that he spoke about in this book of the Bible, he was encouraging them to, to pursue these things and, and, to, and to build these things up in your life because it will build up your faith. And I believe that understanding God's grace in our lives is one of those fundamentals that if we don't get it right, it can affect the rest of our faith. 
if, if you're standing on the wrong grace or if, you're, if you think you're standing on grace and you're not really, it can really affect what you believe. I've been doing a, a Bible college this semester. We've been going through Romans, the book of Romans, and, and looking at that. And I've, I've, I've learned so much about what I believe and, and whether what I believe is what God wants me to believe in or if I've made half of it up myself. Romans does that to you. Romans is very much a book that says this is how it is and this is what it's like and this is what you need to be doing. And, and it's been challenging me and this is how I've gotten to this point this morning where, where we're going to look at this. Sometimes we all need to look at what we believe and why we do what we do and make sure it's for the right reasons. Sometimes we need to delve deeper and I believe that's what Paul was doing in this passage of Scripture we're going to read. He was delving deeper to, into that church in Ephesus and saying, hey guys, look deeper into your faith, look deeper into what Jesus has done for you and get a new revelation on what your fundamentals are. Alright, it's up there on the screen. I'm going to read through it. So we'll go through it. If you've got your Bible, turn to it, have a read and we'll go for it. This is NIV up on the screen. As for you, you are dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit, who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. And Paul here is setting up for his second, what he's about to say next. Here he's just sort of explaining to the people that he was writing to, this is why... You need grace. This is why you need Jesus. This is why you need a saviour because your life was going in the wrong direction. And, you know, sometimes it's the same for us. Sometimes God comes and knocks on our heart and says, hey, hold on, you need to look at where you've come from and where I've taken you just so you can see what God has done in your life. Sometimes we need that reality check of saying, hey, well, my life really has changed. God has done something amazing and powerful in me and it's only by his grace that I'm where I am at today. I'm going to the second part of the passage, which is, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace, expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is a gift from God. Not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Paul here is just preaching to them basically in that second part. He said to them at the start, this is, this is what God has saved us from and this is how, he, how he's done it. And it's an awesome passage of scripture. And to be honest with you, I, I'd never really looked at it or focused on it much until preparing for this message and and, and God's really uh, planted that, that word of grace and, and, and how, how it is in our life. And I'm hoping that this morning I can sort of challenge you on, on your mindset of what grace is and, and, and what God has done for you, what Jesus did for you on the cross. Because if we, if we don't get a proper understanding of that, then it'll affect the rest of what we believe. It'll affect how we serve. It'll affect how we operate in the kingdom of God. Uh, my dot points, I've got three of them. And they're all going to sort of come from this passage of Scripture. I'm going to take bits and pieces out of it. And um, hopefully I won't go through it too fast. And hopefully I won't go through it too slow, though, because I've got a lot of dot points. But we'll see how we go. Have we, have we, can we chuck the first one up? There we go. See, normally when people do PowerPoints, they don't put everything up on the screen at once. They just put, like, the little bit at the top. And then as they talk, they slide out or they flash up or something. 
I didn't have the time to do that. So you just get it all at once. So for you guys at Right Slow, here's your chance. It's going to be up there for a while. Get it down. You'll have plenty of time. All right, my first point. We all need God's grace. And why do we all need God's grace? And I, I think to understand why we need God's grace, we first need to understand the law that we're saved from. And that all starts back in Genesis 3 with the fall of man where, where Adam and Eve turned their back on God and decided to do what they wanted to do and walked in their own direction. And then on, from that point on, sin has been in the world and, and sin has been in the heart of man, working against the heart of man and disconnecting us more and more from God and uh, pulling us away from what he has for us. And there's a consequence of that sin, and that sin is death ultimately. Both, both physically we all, we all die, but also in our spirit and in our soul. And uh, we need grace. We need grace because without grace, we enter into that death. We enter into that place that uh, God didn't create us to be in. He created Adam and Eve in a perfect place that, that was free of sin, that was free of hurt, that was free of pain. But they chose to turn their back on that. And we too choose to turn our back on God. Like It's easy to say, well, that was Adam and Eve's choice, but that's not my choice. But I'm sorry to say, we've all sinned. The Bible says it. For all have sinned and fallen short of God's glorious standards. We've all done it. I thought a little illustration of, uh, of what the law can do and, and why, why God actually introduced the law originally in the Old Testament and, and, and the consequences of what, what happens when it's broken is sort of with the police. The other week, or actually it was a couple of months ago, we uh, had a soccer game to get to down in Newcastle. The Jets were playing and uh, I was a seasoned member, so I had to be at the game. And we're running a little bit late, and um, we took Sophie's car because her car's got the nice stereo in it, all that type of jazz, and it's a comfortable car to drive. But it doesn't have cruise control. But I didn't care. I was jumping in. Anyway, we're running a little bit late, so I was a little bit heavy with the right foot, as you do when you're late to something. And we're cruising down the road just down here on Nelson Bay Road, and next thing you know, me and Sophie, me and Sophie are talking. Next thing you know, there's a police car coming the other way. It gives me a flash. I look in the rear view mirror. The lights come on. I'm like, oh. Far out now. Why? If I was in my car, it's got cruise control. This never would have happened. But um, I looked down at the speedo, and yeah, yeah, I was speeding. They're, they're doing their job, and they pulled me over. And there's a lady comes up and knocks on knocks on the door and says, "You know what you're doing?" And blah blah blah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I was speeding. She's like, "Do you know how fast you were going?" And I said, "Oh, I think it was about 95 or something like that." And she's like, "Yeah, you're doing 96." So I think she just was going off what I said. But anyway. And she went back to her car and, and wrote out the ticket, and, and I got the fine for speeding. Now, when, when, when <laughs> in hindsight, yes, I was breaking the law. That is correct, and that deserves a consequence. And the whole reason that the police are out there, the whole reason that there is a law against speeding is because hundreds of people die every year because of it. And it's for our own safety and, and for our own benefit that, that that law is there. So that the consequence of crashes and things like that decreases. And it's, that's why God brought, brought in the law in the Old Testament. It wasn't to be a killjoy. It was to give them parameters to how they could live their life in the most fruitful, profitable way. But even God's people decided to break that law, to break those guidelines that he had put in place. And they, they needed a saviour just as much as we did in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, there's over 600 different laws and commands that God gave his people. And there are so many that, that they had and that they had to follow. And of course, 
no one's perfect, so they broke them, and that's why they needed grace, and that's why we need grace just the same, because we need a salvation from the law. We need, we, there's consequences for our actions. There's consequences for our sin. But God doesn't want us to die. God doesn't want us to live in that death in, in our hearts and in, 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 in our soul. He doesn't want us to live in that place of death which sin brings us. That's why he sent Jesus. That's why he sent his son, which is our grace, which is our grace gift that he sent to us. In the whole first section of this scripture that I just read in Ephesians, Paul is reminding the Christians in Ephesus of their past, where they have been all for good reason, to help them realize what they have been set free from. We too have been set free for, for the same reason, to break the curse of sin and death over our lives. Jesus died on the cross to break the sin and curse over our lives, so that we could be set free, that we no longer have to face the consequences of our sin, which I think yeah, is not fair. I mean, we should. It's, it's our fault that it's happened. But Jesus paid the price. Jesus said, no, I'm going to take it. I'm going I'm to die for you, so that way you don't have to. See, the consequences of our sin is death in every way. And to pay for our sin, a ransom had to be paid. Christ's death on the cross is that payment for us, but only if we choose it. You might think you're a good person, but it's not enough. God doesn't require good people. He requires perfect people. He requires a perfect righteousness, which none of us can live up to. But that's why he sent Jesus. That's why Jesus came. That's why Jesus lived his life. And that's why Jesus died on the cross as the perfect sacrifice for you and for me. So that way, before God, we are clean. We are perfect. When Christ is in our heart, his perfect righteousness is seen by God, not our our fallen righteousness. We need a saviour, and that saviour is Jesus. It's only by God's grace that we can be saved and receive Christ. It's only by Christ's death and resurrection we can be saved from the sin in our lives and have the life God is longing for us to have in relationship with him. I love verses 4 and 5 in this passage. If Luke will chuck it back up. It says, Because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. It's because of God's love that he's chosen to save us. And it's not just a couple of people. It's not just the chosen. It's everyone. God loves everyone. To truly understand what I'm trying to say here, we need to understand that God has created everyone. Every single person on this planet was created by God as a perfect person, as a perfect being. And because everyone is a creation of God, God loves them and he cares for them and he has a heart for them. Just as much as he cares and loves for us in here, he cares and loves for the community that are out there just the same. And he loves everybody just the same. And just, just as we have been forgiven from our sin and just as, as we are set free from the law because of what Christ has done and his, him living in our hearts, God wants that for the people out there. He wants Christ to be in their hearts. He wants them to be in relationship with him through the power of what Christ has done on the cross. And I believe that that's our challenge as Christians to do more with our faith and just be here on a Sunday, but to get those people out there into relationship with God. That's what God has called us to, relationship with Him through Christ. And, and He's called us to, to connect more people to Him through, that, through, through His love, through what Christ has done for us. I know it's a bit heavy this morning. I'm really sorry for that. This is just what God's doing in my heart at the moment, so you're going to have to take the heavy with me. So, Point number two, God's grace can't be earned. Is it going to come up? He'll find it. 
This is the big point that God has been impressing on my heart lately more than anything else I'm going to say. Because I've been, I've been in ministry for a lot of years. I've been serving like, within this church and serving God for a lot of years. And I think for a lot, of, a lot of the things that I've done hasn't been out of that grace heart that God has given us through Jesus. It's been out of my own abilities, my own strengths, what I think that I'm good at, and all because I think I'm earning salvation. I think I'm earning God's blessing. I think I'm earning what God has for me. But God's really been giving me a revelation lately that you can't earn my love, Sam. There's nothing that you can do that's going to make me love you any anymore. There's nothing that you can do that's going to make me love you any less. I love you just the how you are. And that's how, that's how God's heart beats for everybody. He loves everybody just the way that they are. Verses 8 to 9, Paul shows us another facet of God's grace, and that is that it can't be earned or achieved. The passage reads, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. You see, no matter how hard we try, God's grace and love is not something that can be earned or something that we can work for. He just gives it to us through faith in Him because He loves us. It's a free gift. We don't have to strive for it. We just have to accept it. That's all we've got to do. We've just got to accept it. God, I accept you. I accept your son Jesus and the gift that, that he is to us. Like I was saying before, I spent, I spent a lot of time trying to, to earn God's love. And I was talking to Chris in the car yesterday. I don't, I'm not sure if he's in here anymore. But I was talking to Chris Klum in the car yesterday. And, and I said to him, I said, all the stuff that I've done for, for the church and for God hasn't been in vain. And what I'm saying this morning is that don't, don't stop serving God and don't stop honouring God, but it's the heart that it comes from that's the thing that needs to change. That way you're not striving, that way you're not pushing hard. It becomes easy, it becomes light. When we do it in the right heart, out of the heart of God and out of, out of the grace that Jesus has given us, that's when our service will become easier. That's when, that's when, that's when we will become more free to be who He has called us to be. When we let Christ into our hearts, God sees Christ living in us. We are no longer the sinner, but the spotless lamb. We are washed white as snow. In the eyes of God, we are redeemed. Christ has paid the debt for our sin. We just need to believe it in faith. We can never make ourselves good enough to receive God's mercy and grace. But through the acceptance of Jesus, we become the perfect lamb. God doesn't want us putting all our focus on being righteous. God doesn't want us to become self-righteous. He doesn't want us trying to make ourselves perfect. What God requires of us is relationship, and that's through Jesus, through accepting that, that grace offering through Jesus. Above all else, God wants relationship. He wants connection. He doesn't want us spending our whole lives trying to be righteous and trying to be good people. He just wants our hearts, and He wants a relationship with us. He wants to tran- transform us personally from the inside out, and that's something that I'm learning that uh, the things in my life that, that I try to adjust, that I try to fix up, that I know that that isn't of God. I need to stop trying in my own strength and let God transform me from the inside out. Let His, let his heart, let Jesus' heart transform me from the inside out. Then I'll become truly righteous. Then I'll become the person that God is calling me to be. I love the scripture in the Bible where Jesus is saying that my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But I think too often as Christians we make God's yoke really hard and his burden really heavy and it's not that it is it's just that we've done it because we're serving 
when we're doing what we do in the wrong heart, in the wrong place. The perfect example of this illustration is the potter and the clay. It's spoken in the Bible a couple of times, but if we try to be a pot and we try to be the pot that we think God needs us to be, then we're just doing what we want and what we think we need to be and not what God has. We need to be soft clay and let him mold us into the pot. Let him shape us. Let him mold us into the righteous people that he's calling us to be and not try to do it in our own strength. We can't make ourselves into the pot. We need to let him do it. And I heard another illustration this week at at Bible College. Our lecturer was talking to us about the pot. And he said, sometimes we we can become a hard pot and crack and break. But because we've become so hard, God can't fix us anymore. We need to stay soft, stay moldable, stay, stay in that place, in that relationship with God where if he puts a finger on our heart for something in our lives, we will actually respond to it. We won't be so hard-hearted that we say, nah, nah, I'm set in my ways. This is what I want to be. We can never earn the grace of God. It's a free gift which we humbly and faithfully need to accept. Point number three. Grace empowers us to serve. Now, this point here came out of the message that, that I sort of spoke at Bible College last year about, about serving. And there are a, a lot of circumstances and situations in the Bible where, where the word grace and power follow each other. And um, there's some scriptures down there at the bottom where that happens. But in this particular scripture in Ephesians, Paul says, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us. Without Christ in our lives and a relationship with God, we will always struggle to live a fulfilling, purposeful life. Without Jesus, without, without understanding what he has for us and understanding his heart for us and the grace that he has given us, we will always struggle to live the life that he's called us to live because we're trying to do it in our own ability and in our own strength. It's only through Christ and a relationship with him that we are empowered, that we are redeemed, that we can go forward and do the work that he has for us. In what I do as far as being a, being a follower of Christ, God has really been challenging me to make sure that I'm not putting all my effort into trying to be good and I'm not putting my, my effort into trying to be righteous, that I'm not putting my effort into trying to be the perfect Sam, but letting his power change me from the inside out. And the only way that that comes is through relationship with him, through accepting this grace that, that we've seen in this scripture. We are God's handiwork. He knows us inside and out. He knows what makes you tick. He knows what gets you passionate. He knows how to bring purpose to your life. After all, he's created you. But we need relationship for all those things to, to flow from him to us. Without, without the relationship, it's just not going to happen. It's just like any relationship that you have with anyone. If, you, if you've got people at work that you, you have to communicate with, you need to have the relationship there so that way either the things that need to be communicated come through effectively. The things that need to be communicated are correct and things happen and things get done. It's the same with God and what he has for our life. If, if we want his will to happen in our life and we want things that he has for us done in our lives, we need to have that clear connection happening. And that only comes through relationship. And something with a relationship that is very important is, is talking. And I can't emphasize how important prayer is in our walk with Christ. And building that relationship through prayer and building that relationship through worship and spending that time in God, building that relationship. You can't, 
you can't expect God to be able to help you transform your life if you give him five seconds in a day and that's it. You're not giving him the time. I know a lot of issues in my life, which probably are a lot less compared to a lot of other people, and God takes me weeks to transform me. If I only give him five seconds in a day, it's going to take all my whole life for him to change one thing in me. We need that, we need that, 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 that uh, communication. We need that time of prayer. We need that time of, of relationship with God. And it's not something that has to necessarily be structured, structured although that can certainly help. But it's just, it's just taking time to be in His presence. It's just taking time to be with Him and, and just being in that place. And we, we spoke a fair bit about that at camp, about, well, I did anyway, <laughs> about being in the presence of God and just being in His Spirit and letting His Spirit refresh us, letting His Spirit build us up, letting His Spirit build up our relationship with the Father so that way we become empowered. I've come to learn something lately that is, that it is a bit bold, but I know it to be true, and is that, that God doesn't care about your calling or your ministry. He just wants your heart. He doesn't, he do, God doesn't need me to stand up here this morning and preach. He could, just, he could just drop this message in your heart if he really wanted to. He's God. It's what he does. That's what revelation is. But he's chosen me this morning because he loves me and he cares about me, and he's given me an opportunity to share what he has for our church. He doesn't really need my calling or my ministry, but he's chosen me, and it's the same for you. He's chosen each and every one of you for a calling and a ministry. But what you need to understand is that more than he wants you to do that, he wants your heart. And then after that, the calling and the ministry will happen. It's not until we can give our heart to him that he can then fully use us and empower us to be all that he's calling us to be. God doesn't need our service, he doesn't need our money, he doesn't even need our prayers, though they are all very important things that we can offer to him in the process. Most importantly, he needs our heart. It's when we give our heart that our service, our money and our prayers become powerful, they become meaningful and they become so much more productive. That's when that whole scripture before about the yoke and the burden, that's when it becomes light, that's when it becomes easy, when it comes from God's heart and not out of us doing what we think is right or what we need to do. God's already got it planned. He's already got every problem in your life sorted. After all, he's God. He can do anything. But he needs us to be in relationship with him. We need to accept God's grace and walk in the power and understanding that he is in us. He is leading us and he will guide us. He already has good things planned for us, which is what that scripture said before. He has planned good things in advance. But we need that relationship with him to be able to outwork it fully in our lives. For us to really walk in the plans and the purposes that God has for us, we need to walk in that relationship with him, with his heart in our heart, walking together side by side. When we truly understand God's grace, it gets our eyes off of ourselves and towards God. And what he desires for our lives, which is a deep, fruitful, worshipful relationship with him, is then from that place that our service for the kingdom becomes empowered and purposeful. When we get God's heart, that's when the things that are in our heart will reflect him. There is a connection in scripture, which I've already said, between these ones down at the bottom, between grace and power. And it's an amazing thing. I'll, just, I'll quickly just read through these. The first one is, it says that God's grace and power performed great wonders and signs. The next one is God's, God's grace was so powerfully at work in them that they were, there were no needy people among them. 
Paul says in Ephesians 3 that uh, it's by the gift of God's grace given to me through the working of his power. And then again in 2 Corinthians 12, 9 to 10, it says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Yeah, and which one is it? There's another one there where, where Paul actually says, The only reason I'm preaching to you is because of the power of, that God has given me through grace. His ministry of preaching was only empowered because of the grace God given him. If we don't understand that grace, we could be ministering in the wrong place, from the wrong place, sorry. And through God's grace, we gain the power to serve. Through Christ, we have the power to be the person God wants us to be. And it's only through relationship with God through Christ that this can happen. So a bit of a conclusion. So now that I've, I've talked about those three points, and there's not going to be a slide for these, sorry. But how do we respond to this? How, how do we respond to, well, I can't earn it and, and uh, it's going to empower me to serve whatever the, other, whatever the first point was, which was, which we need it. We all need it. We all need to recognize that we need God's grace. But how, how can I do something now with it in my life? How do we respond to God's grace? Firstly, it's just accepting it. Not trying to earn it, but just accepting it. And we need to admit that we need it. We need to be humble enough. We need to come to God and admit, hey, God, I've stuffed up. I've done things wrong. I've, I've done things in my own strength. I've done, I've done things that I'm not proud of. And we need to be able to humble ourselves enough to get before God and say, God, I need you and I need your grace to come into my heart and clean me. We need to accept Christ's ransom for our debt. God has more than enough grace for our sin. But don't let your pride and your self-righteousness hold it back. You've got to want it and you've got to be humble enough to admit that you need it. And I think that's something that I've certainly struggled with over the years is being humble enough and, and letting that pride die down in me to admit that I need Jesus in my life. I can't get up and preach through my own strength. I need the power of God to do it. And I need His grace which gives me the authority to do it. We need to respond to God's grace with a worshipful heart. A heart that acknowledges where our grace comes from and gives the glory back to the Father. True worship in our lives gets our focus off of ourselves and onto God. It builds our relationship with the Father and it gives the opportunity for our lives to be transformed by His grace. And I love worship. Over the last year and a half, I've had the privilege of leading the worship team at youth and prior to that, I'd, I'd never sung or let anything to do with worship. I can't play an instrument and I certainly can't sing that well. But I was asked just to lead that ministry and God has really changed my heart for worship through doing this and, and discovering what worship is really about. And yes, it is more than the singing and the music. That's just one facet of it. Worship is something that is every day of our lives if we let it. And that's just being in God's presence, giving Him the glory, giving Him the praise for all that He's done for us. Finally, we need to have the faith and the trust in Christ to empower our service. Let Him be our strength and our authority. Commit our struggles and our efforts to Him and let Him move in our circumstances. Take the grace He has given us and pour it out over the lives of those around us and into the situations that we face. I can't stress enough that, that we can't earn our salvation. There's nothing that we can do to earn God's blessing in our life. He just wants our heart. He just wants that relationship. And then from there, everything will flow. Everything will come. As I get the band up this morning, 
I read, I read this Ephesians, 1, um, Ephesians 2, 1 to 10 passage in the Message Bible, and, and it just says it so well. It just really, I think, just gets the point home for what Paul wanted to say. And I want to read it to you. Um, and, and if I can get you this morning, if you want to close your eyes, you can or, or whatever. But I'm just going to read this out. But I just want you to quieten everything in your mind, quiet your thoughts, quiet your soul, and just listen to the Word. Listen, let God's Word right here get into your heart, refresh your heart. Let His Word speak to you this morning. Ephesians 2, 1 to 10. It wasn't so long ago, sorry. It wasn't so long ago that you were mead in that old stagnant life of sin. You let the world, which doesn't know the first thing about living, tell you how to live. You filled your lungs with polluted unbelief and then exhaled disobedience. We all did it, all of us doing what we felt like doing. And we felt like doing it, all of us in the same boat. It's a wonder God didn't lose his temper and do away with the whole lot of us. Instead, immense mercy and with an, un- and an incredible love, he embraced us. He took our sin, dead lives, and made us alive in Christ. He did all this on his own and with no help from us. Then he picked us up and set us down in highest heaven in company with Jesus, our Messiah. And God has us where he wants us for the time in this world and the next to shower grace and kindness upon us in Christ Jesus. Saving is all his idea and all his work. All we do is trust him enough to let him do it. It's God's gift from start to finish. We don't play the major role. If we do, we probably go around bragging that we, d- that we had done the whole thing. No, we neither make nor save ourselves. God does both. He does both making and saving. He creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work he does. The good work he has gotten ready for us to do. Work he had better be work we had better be doing. Father God, change your hearts to a God to be the people that you're calling us to be. May your heart beat now, Lord God, through through grace, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that we will not wallow in our sin, Lord God, but we'll accept your your free gift, Father God, and live a life of freedom, Father God, a life of power, Lord, to do your will, Father God, to go out and preach your word, Lord God, to go out and be a shining light, Lord. I thank you, Lord God, that you've called each and every person, Father God, here this morning, Father God, to be in a relationship with you, a real relationship, Father God, that isn't an on and off one, Lord God, but it's on all the time. It's full of life, it's full of power, Lord God. A life that's fulfilling and purposeful, Father God. I pray, Lord God, that we, we will let go of the things in our life, Father God, that we keep, keep bringing us back, Father God, to sin, Lord God. But, Father God, we can just look to you. We can take your grace, Lord God, and live, Father God, in the freedom that it gives us, Father God. And that freedom is to be in relationship with you, Lord Father God, I just want to pray right now, Lord God, if there's anyone here this morning, Lord God, that needs to accept that grace, Lord God, I pray, Lord God, that you soften their hearts, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that we can just be that soft clay, that we won't try to do this life, Lord God, in our own strength, God, but we will give it to you. 
Let you shape us and let you mould us, Father God, into the people that you're calling us to be. Pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. This morning, if you've never accepted that, that, that grace, if you've never accepted that free gift of Jesus and, and what he's done for you, I want to give that opportunity to you now. It's just a choice. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to go out there and get 10 people saved to be worthy. You just got to give him your heart. You just got to say, God, I give you the control. Let your grace come into my heart and change me. And I really hope and believe that if there's people feeling in that way today, that you'll do that. Let God transform your heart. If you have accepted his grace before, you've just made yourself into your own pot and you know that you need to be softened and you need to come back to God and come back to to his heart come back to that grace that he's offered to you I pray that you do that soften your heart humble yourself take pride out of your life it'll hold you up it'll block you from God soften your heart to his spirit to his calling Father God just Soften our hearts to you, Lord God. Soften us, Father God, so that we can be moldable. We can just work, Father God, for your kingdom, doing what you're calling us to do. We're powered by your spirit, Lord God. Pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the message today brought to you by Baylife Church. We hope the message leaves you feeling challenged and inspired to live out your Christian walk. Please tune in again for next week's message.